Ephesians chapter 6 in the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll read verses 10 through 18. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. It says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Let's pray. Father, again, Lord, we just thank you for being a good God and uh, watching over us, and uh, Lord, just uh, meeting our needs. Lord, I'm glad that, Lord, we have the privilege of prayer. Oh, Lord, what would we do? We didn't know that 24-7, Lord, at any moment, Lord, we could cry out to you. Or, Lord, just come and sit at your feet and spend time with you. And, Lord, we're so thankful, uh, dear God, that we can cry, Abba, Father, through the Spirit of God. And, Lord, I pray that uh, you'd help each one that's here today, each one that's listening, even those that uh, aren't here, Lord God. You know what's going on in people's lives. Lord, uh, perhaps somebody here today or somebody listening needs to be saved. Lord, we pray, uh, dear God, take the word of God that they'll hear. Take the word of God that they've heard, dear God, and convict that heart and open that heart, dear God, and draw them unto you this day, Lord, that they might repent of their sins and put their trust in the shed blood and the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, uh, your saints that are here today, God, you know what uh, they face this week, what they're facing now. Lord, you know what they might face tomorrow, as we were learning about in Sunday school. And God, I pray that you would uh, help them. Lord, again, the sick among us, Lord, we thank special prayers for uh, <coughs> Sister Muxlow, uh, Sister Diane, Sister Carpenter, and uh, others that are, have been mentioned upon our heart. God, please, right now where they are, would you come and just, uh, Lord, uh, make yourself <coughs> real to them at this moment. And let them know that you're with them and you care about what's going on in their life. Be with those that are traveling. Keep them safe. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves and all these things to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And, of course, these verses mention the armor, and I'm, I'm going to talk about the armor, but I'm not going to focus on that part. You pretty much know about the armor. But here's the thing. Uh, if you were in Sunday school, you heard about afflictions and things that happen in life. And so as things happen in life, you're either going to be a victim or you're going to be a victor. And, of course, God wants us to be a victor. And so these verses uh, tell us how we can do that. In verse 11, again, notice uh, the word. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to notice that word, to stand, to stand, it says in verse 11. And then it says again at the end of verse 13, and having done all, to stand. And then in verse 14, starts off with the word stand. So you see it there, right? When you see something repeated, you see God's trying to tell us something. God's trying to emphasize something, what that is. Stand, 
Stand. Stand. That is what God wants us to do as believers. And that word stand, right, it's a defensive position, means to hold your place against the enemy, right? To stand your ground, right, in the battle as opposed to running away. Boy, you know, as I, I look back over the last 30-something years of serving the Lord, I'm sad that a lot of people seems like they've run away in the battle. They've walked away from what God's called them to do. Uh, they've walked away from the church and, and things. Uh, listen, uh, we want to be among those, right, that stand and hold the ground that God has given us. It's a military expression, and I, of course I like that, right? <laughs> military expression means to stand in front of right, with a view, a purpose of holding a critical position to hold one's ground. I think about that thought, a critical position. Listen, if the positions we hold, right, as believers today, if there's ever been a time that they're critical, it's in this day and age. And so in this day and age, in 2023, and as the Lord allows us to live and as the Lord tarries, we need to purpose that we're going to stand, 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 amen, and hold the ground and the responsibilities that God has given us as believers. So when you think of stand, that's a defensive thought and a defensive position. Then I like also what it says in verse 13. Notice again, Wherefore, take in you the whole armor of God that you may be able to. Notice this word. It doesn't just say stand. It says withstand. So we have another thought there, right? We see we are to stand, not only stand, right? Be defensive, but then it says withstand. That means to set oneself against, to oppose, to resist. Just like it says in James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so the, uh, where stand has a thought of a defensive position, withstand has a thought of being offensive, right? Not offensive, but offensive, right, uh, in the battle. So not only must we, as believers in this day and age, not only must we be defensive and stand and hold our present ground, but also offensive, right? And withstand. You know what that means? That means we get to lay a few blows, amen, or attacks of our own on the enemy, right? And moving forward. See, uh, uh, those of you in sports, what do they say? Defense alone does not win the game, right? Well, defense alone does not win the game, and defense alone does not win the battle. We also need to be offensive. You know, some people think Christians are supposed to be passive, Right, you know, just because, oh, well, it says turn the other cheek. You know, we saw that in a lot of countries. You know, we're talking about Eastern Europe. A lot of uh, believers over there, they're very passive and, you know, about not joining the military. And I realize they had a different type of government and things. But even uh, you see that in, in some uh, among believers in America. No, uh-uh. We are supposed to, right, willing to be offensive in the battle. So we must not only retain... The ter- we must not only retain the territory that God has given us and the beliefs and things that God has given us, but we must also regain lost territory, right? New territory. So we should think that thought, we should think this thought, retain, right? Stand and regain, withstand, right? And be offensive. And we must ask ourselves as believers, when is the last time we regained or gained some new territory for the cause of 
Christ. And there's really no excuse for doing that as believers because you see another word repeated uh, in these verses, right? We see stand, stand, stand repeated and also the thought of withstand. But another word that is repeated in verse 11, what? Be able. Verse 13, be able. Verse 16, be able. And so despite what comes against us as believers, despite what we may face as believers, we should be able to stand and hold the ground that God has given us. And we should be able to withstand, right, and uh, defeat the enemy and gain territory for the cause of Christ. The word able means to have the power or ability to able, that which overcomes resistance. So the Bible says the Lord's given us this armor. And uh, uh, again, uh, in Sunday school, we learned about affliction and things are going to come. But the Bible teaches that we should be able, right, not to be victims, but to be victors, right, in our life as Christians. We must be able to defeat any resistance Satan, the enemy, offers and overcome any obstacles that he puts in our path, right? We have promises in the Word of God. We have a promise given to the church, right? Remember in Matthew 16, right, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? Of course, we know what they said. Then he said, who do you, who do you say that I am? And then Peter gave that great answer. And then the Lord made that statement to Peter. And a part of the statement of what he said to Peter was this in verse 18. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Of course, talking about himself. And it makes this statement, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is a promise to the church. Now, listen, as far as I know, I've never seen a set of gates on the offense, right? I've never seen a set of gates on the offense. That means, right, uh, there, the, the gates are there, right, to stop entry, right? To hinder uh, uh, entrance. And boy, the devil is going to try and hinder us from moving forward for the cause of Christ, right? But our job is to charge, amen? Uh, uh, like the Calvary, right? When they say charge, and that's our job as believers, right? And to break through the obstacles that the, uh, the, the devil and the world and the flesh would put uh, before us and try and hinder us to moving forward for the cause of Christ in this day and age. So it makes clear we are be, to be in offensive mode as well as believers, right? And it's again talking to the church. So the people of God should be bound together, should be in unity like a triumphant army moving forward for the cause of Christ. And we know the devil wants to stop us, right? He will try to destroy you. As we mentioned so often, he's going to try to destroy you as an individual. He's going to try to destroy your home, and he's going to just try to destroy this church. Listen, if he can break our unity, what do they always say about in the military? Divide and conquer. Boy, if the devil can split up a church or break the unity in a church and destroy it, right? We're starting a new year. Who knows what the uh, devil might try to do this year to break in and split the unity of this church. So we must purpose from the get-go. Hey, no, we're not going to let it happen. We're going to stand for our church. And we're going to withstand that which would come against the church to try to break our unity or break our home or even break us as individuals and in moving forward for the cause of Christ. 
We know these verses in uh, uh, 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. Again, I like it when I read as a roaring lion, right? He's a deceiver. He's not really a lion. He's just a kitty cat with a bullhorn, right? And tries to make it sound bigger than he is because, the, you know, the Bible says one day we're going to see him. And, and, and what are we going to say? What are we going to say when we see the devil? Remembers. We're going to say, is this the man that confounded the nations? That's him? That's the guy that we thought was so big? See, that's the, that's the sad thing. When we see the devil, we're going to realize how small he really is. And the other sad part of that is when we see God, we're going to realize how big he really is. But what God wants us to do now is see the devil small and see God big. Let God show us, amen, who they really are and how much bigger our God is. Whom resist, what? Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions, there it is, afflictions are accomplished in your brethren in the world. Hey, listen, uh, uh, people out there going through the same thing. So these verses tell us what we must do as believers, as believers. And how did verse 10 start? Finally, he says, hey, as we're about to finish up here, I want to make sure you understand what I've been trying to teach you in this epistle. I want to make sure you understand. I want to make sure this gets through to you. As believers, you're going to face the obstacles. And so in verse 10, it says, my brother, what? Be strong. Be strong. What? In the Lord and in the power of his might. That word strong means vigorous. To be equipped with the necessary power right? To be properly equipped. And that's what God wants us to be as believers. He's given us the armor. He's given us the tools. He's given us the, the means, right? He has properly equipped us. What do we say about our military all the time? Hey, hey, we've got the equipment, right? <laughs> to fight the battle, right? We just, need the, we just need the fortitude as soldiers to get out there and do it, right? Our military, our military has been equipped, well, the Lord's military, right? The church has been equipped. Believers have been equipped. And we've been equipped with the power necessary to win the battle, necessary to overcome what the enemy throws at us. And so it says be strong. And then that word power means manifested power, the presence of inherent power. And so, right, God has manifested his power, right, toward us, in us. And boy, he wants to manifest that power through us as we move forward, right? And hold, hold the ground and gain new ground. And it says in his might, that word might has to do with mental and moral, right? The ability to just do. And listen, part of uh, living right for God, being morally right and mentally right because you're, you have a clear conscience is part of having the strength as a believer, right? To fight in the battle. So it says, be, be strong, you know, when I was thinking about that and about, you know, withstanding, I thought about Rehoboam. Remember Rehoboam when, when he became the leader? And I thought about this. We don't want to be a spiritual Rehoboam. This is what it said about him in 2 Chronicles 13, 7. Remember a Solomon's son? It says this, And there gathered unto him vain men, the children of Belial, and have strengthened themselves against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, it says, when Rehoboam was young and tenderhearted and could not withstand them. Why? Because he, he was immature and he was weak. 
He was immature and he was weak, and so he couldn't withstand those that opposed him. And as believers, right, that's why we need to be spiritually mature, right? We need to be spiritual, uh, spiritually strong so that we can withstand those that would oppose us. You know, uh, uh, what Paul, he rebuked the Corinthians for what? Being, uh, being immature and being weak. He could said that, boy, they were young and they were tenderhearted. Those people in Corinth, boy, they should have been winning battles for the Lord. But what? They were still immature and they were weak. So we must exercise spiritual maturity and spiritual strength. All right, as we allow the Lord to build us up, we must be willing to step out, right? The Lord has given us this armor. The Lord has given us the tools, and we must be willing to step out to move forward and prove and prove the resources the Lord has given us. It's important to test the armor. Remember what David said when they gave him that armor, when uh, they wanted him to go before Goliath? He, he made this statement in uh, 1 Samuel 17, 38 and 39, when they tried to give David some armor, he said this, and Saul armored David with his armor. And he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and he armed it with a coat of mail. And David said this, David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved them. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with thee, for I have not proved them. And put them off. Well, that'd be a terrible thing. You know, he said, he looked at his king, and he said, you know what? I can't take this armor. I can't go into battle with this armor. I haven't proved it. Well, that'd be a terrible thing to have to say to our king. The Lord's provided armor for us right? He said, Lord, I, I know I should be in, the, be in the battle, but you know what we need to do? The Lord has given us this armor. We need to prove them. That means to put to the test. and to, It means to ascertain the quality of something. Hey, I guarantee you the Lord has given us the best armor there is, right? Hey, uh, boy, I, I remember when I, I was in the time of the military when they were upgrading things, right? The Bradley came in, and it replaced uh, uh, the personnel carrier. And let me tell you, there was no comparison between that personnel carrier and that big Bradley that came in. Well, when they replaced the, the tank, it came out with that M1A1. Then when they came out with that Abrams tank, 60 tons of steel that'll go what, up to 45 miles an hour. Listen, uh, they were given, right? They wanted our military to be uh, equipped. And you don't think the Lord wants us to have the best equipment, the armor that he's given us? Yes, but you know what? It's made to get out there. And what do we do as soon as we got that equipment? We think we said, man, you think we all stood around? And said, you know, that's a nice piece of equipment. Let's go back to the barracks. No, you know what? They had us out in the field testing that equipment, proving that equipment. And boy, uh, it was pretty fun, too, because uh, um, I was the commander's gunner. So when he wasn't around... Uh, he had a good driver. That guy that drove our Bradley was really good. And then we'd, we'd get the, uh, his Jeep driver in there with us, and we would take off on Fort Hood. I shouldn't tell you this, but we would chase cows. We would see how big a tree we could run over. And uh, we did all kinds of things that we probably would have gotten in trouble if we got caught, but we had fun. Amen. But you know what we were doing? We were testing that equipment. We were proving that equipment. Hey, listen, I'd rather find out there uh, on the backside of Fort Hood than over in a real battle if that's what that equipment could do. And that's what we need to do. God has given us this equipment, right? And he says, listen, you can test it. You can put it to the test and know that I've given you the very best that you need to go into battle, to hold the territory that I've given you and to regain the territory, amen, uh, in this world for the cause of Christ. God has given us the armor and he wants us to be assured it meets the need in the battles of life. 
A good example of that is, is Stephen in the book of Acts, Acts 7, 54 and 58. Remember when he got up and preached and it says, and when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Right? The Bible said the gates of hell shall not prevail. You said, what? Why using Stephan as an example? That doesn't sound like a real uh, Stephan, Stephen, uh, a good example. What? Look, he, he, listen, he got up there and preached. Are you telling me he had the armor on? He got stoned to death. Oh, no. If all you remember about uh, uh, him is that he got stoned to death, you are looking at that story wrong. Do not remember Stephen for getting stoned. If that's what you focus on, you've missed it. It wasn't about Stephen getting stoned. It was, it was remember, he, he should be remembered for getting Saul. That's really what he got that day. He got Saul because Saul was standing there. Of course, Saul became Paul. And it says this about him when he was up there preaching. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. What does that mean? They weren't able to resist. That same word as withstand. They were not able to resist. They were not able to withstand his spiritual armor that was on display that day. He won. He won. His armor was on full. He went to that battle with the armor on and he was on full display. And you know what? Saul, because Saul never got over right what he saw in him that day. We know that when he gave his testimony in Acts 22, verse 20. It says, Paul says this, And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. He says, listen, Paul, Saul, Saul walked away thinking he won the battle that day. But boy, on the road to Damascus, he found out, no, it was Stephen that won that battle that day, right? Because the Lord used that in his life. It takes a spiritual wisdom and a spirit that comes from walking in the spirit and walking with God. We see examples in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 14, 14 mentions three men. It says this, though these three men, Noah, Daniel, Job were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. Now, the context is something else, but I just want to see it mentions Noah, Daniel, and Job. In God's eyes, those were great men because those were great men, right, that won their battle for the Lord. Look at Noah. Noah showed us we can battle the world, the worst the world has to offer. He took on the world, right? Noah showed us we can battle the worst the world has to offer because he was able to withstand the flood in God. Daniel showed us we can battle the worst the flesh has to offer. And he was able to withstand the challenges he faced in Babylon. Job showed us we can battle the worst the devil has to offer because he was able to withstand what the devil did to him personally. Each man in their generation, right, was able to withstand the worst that was brought upon them, right, as they went forth in the armor of God in their day. They were each able to stand and they were each able to withstand, God being their helper in all that came against them. So we need to ask ourselves, if we look at ourselves, if we look over, do I see myself, do I see myself retaining the ground, right, as a believer? Do I, I see myself, when is the last time that I, I, I can honestly say that I gained some ground for the cause of Christ, even in my own life? If I'm having, we need to say this to ourselves, if I'm having trouble withstanding, if 
I'm having trouble winning victories in my spiritual life, I must ask myself, right, as we look at these different parts of the armor, I must ask myself, is there an area in my life where I am not applying the armor the Lord provided? See, we know about the armor. We know what's there. But so the question is, are we utilizing the armor? Notice some other things it says in these verses when it talks about the armor. You notice these statements, put on, take unto, shod, taking, take, praying always. What, are they, what is this showing us? It's showing us there is certainly a conscious effort, right, on one's part to prepare oneself and make sure you're going into battle ready, right? When I, was, when I was a soldier, right, I had to get up, strap my boots on, had to put on my uniform, right? I had to uh, grab my weapon and check my weapon and do all those things. They were provided to me as a soldier, but I had to make sure that I was utilizing them and ready for the battle. Revelations 1.18, talking about the Lord, he says this, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death, right? He said that the gates of hell would not prevail, right? And they certainly didn't against Jesus Christ himself. Christ was able to withstand hell and death. And Christ through us, right, is really how the battles fought. And the armor he has provided will help us withstand the enemies and obstacles we face. So here we see this about the armor. We see this about standing and withstanding. Where do we see it? We see it at the end of Ephesians. Because as you go through Ephesians, you see the progression, right, as a believer. Let me give you, let me give you some verses here. There's a progression, a progression, and notice that as you read the book of Ephesians. It shows the progression of the Christian life. Ephesians 2.6 talks about when we got saved. And it says, He has raised us up together and made us what? sit together in heavenly places. So we see, right? We see the believer sitting. Then Ephesians 4, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. There you see the believer walking. And then Ephesians 6, 11, again, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, Right? That means the things that he, those wiles means the things that he contrives against you, right? The things that he comes up trying to stop you, right? So we see him. We see the believer sitting. Then we see the walking. And now we see him standing. He's got him. He's taking that defensive position. And then the next progression is what? Verse 13, wherefore, take you into the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So we see the believer, and what does it show us? If we, if we sit in the right place, right, we're saved, right? We're sitting in the right place. And then it says walk worthy if we're walking in the right place. And then it says stand if we're standing in the right place. Then what does that show us? If you're sitting in the right place, walking in the right place, standing in the right place, then you will be able to withstand or overcome in every place or in every area, right, as things come against you. So, our, so remember this, if we, or put it this way, if we're in the right spiritual position, we will have the right spiritual power we need, right, when facing battles.
So God, as you, as you go through there, as you read through there, and you read about the different parts of the armor, realize no matter what we face, God has given us the means. A piece of that armor talks about truth. He's given us truth, right, to defeat the liar. What is it that way? He's the liar and the father thereof. So he's given us truth to defeat the liar. Then it talks about the helmet of righteousness. He's given us righteousness to defeat the accuser. You see, we're living right and we're walking where we should be. So when the accuser comes, right, there's no blame, right? Righteousness to defeat the accuser. And then he's given us peace to defeat the divider, right? The devil loves to divide. He's given us peace to defeat the divider. Then he's given us faith to defeat the doubter. Boy, the devil loves to come and sow those seeds of doubt in your heart and mind, but he's given us faith to defeat the doubter. And then, of course, we have salvation to defeat the destroyer, amen? Because when we got saved, right, we got what we needed there. So, again, let us finish with verse 13 and notice what we see here. Where unto you take unto you the whole armor of God? So we see the clothing, Right? We see the clothing God's given us. We have the armor that we need. And then it says, that ye may be able to withstand. So we see we have the armor, and therefore we see the conquering, right? We can withstand that that would come against us. And then it says, in the evil day, we see the calendar, right? (laughs) You can guarantee that on your calendar, there's going to be some evil days, but you're ready for it. And so here's the great thing. We see the conclusion. And what is that? Having done all to stand. That, listen, because we have the armor and we have the ability in conquering, and even though we're going to know we face these things on our calendar, because we're in Jesus Christ and we're wearing the armor and we're putting right uh, uh, into practice the things that he's given us, the conclusion is we can still be standing no matter what may come our way as believers. So, Why be a victim when you can be a victor? Amen. The Lord has provided for us to be a victor. So listen, things coming, don't be a victim. Oh, don't let the Lord, don't let the the world and all those things put a victim mentality in your mind. Say, no, despite what's happened in my life, despite these afflictions, I am a victor by the means the Lord has provided for me. Let's pray.